0: Today's guest is Hanifa Barnes. She's a fellow podcaster with her own show, Disrupting Balance. She's leading organizational change in her full time job, balancing motherhood and breaking myths around entrepreneurship. Disrupting Balance is a movement for those who want to own their stories and disrupt the spaces where false expectations and myths reside. I really hope that you enjoy what Hanifa and I discuss during this episode. Hey, friends, you're listening to another episode of Slightly Unfiltered. I'm your host, Desiree Wolf. I've got something to say, you've got something to say, so let's get talking. All right, Hanifa, thank you so much for joining me. I have a feeling this is just going to be a fun episode. I think the universe brought you to me. Um, We met in a Facebook group. You were looking for guests for for your own podcast, Um, and you and I just had this instant connection. So I'm excited to have this conversation with
1: you. So thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. This is awesome. I just love the idea of slightly unfiltered, so I can't wait to get into the mix of it all.
0: It's going to be, it's going to be great because we have similar missions because your whole thing is disrupting balance, which Mm -hmm. I think goes hand in hand with getting unfiltered
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and really learning how to speak your truth. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's huge. And I think this whole concept of disrupting balance and breaking myths is so important, especially as women. Yeah. So... Let's talk about that. What is this whole concept of disrupting
1: balance? Well, it's really a lot of what you said with kind of a focus on the idea that balance is not real, right? So if you think about balance in like in actual terms, it's this constant moving target. You're constantly trying to steady yourself in a moment or a space and time and gain some steady equilibrium. It is absolutely impossible to do that. And the best visual I can think of is a trapeze artist who's on a tightrope. You notice they're balancing, but in actuality they're fighting the, the imbalance. They're always moving and moving to make it to the other side. So the whole idea of disrupting balance is to really, you know, rid yourself of the notion that you need to attain balance because you'll never do it and you'll just make yourself frustrated. What you need to do is embrace the fact that you're always in a state of imbalance and you just want to appreciate your own imbalance and move through that.
0: Oh, I love that. I think there is this huge, and, and I even want to use the word disgusting. There's this huge, disgusting stigma out there. that are that's constantly telling women oh here's how to balance everything yes there's there's, coaches have been teaching it for years this whole thing how to balance being a mom and having a business or being a career woman while raising a family it's like there's this whole notion out there that we're supposed to be able to have all these balls you know flying in the air at us at any given time and don't drop them because you're a horrible fill in the blank if you exactly. drop one of the balls. Exactly. So I love, I love what you're doing. This whole mission of, you know, Thank you. balance is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs>
1: because there's no such thing, ladies. No there's such no thing. such thing
0: as perfect balance. There's got to be a ball that you drop every once exactly. in a while. Oh my gosh. I love yes. it. And, and one of the things that you also address too is transition, the, yeah. the chaos in the transition of things. Yes. So yes. talk to me about that. What is, what is this whole chaos of transition?
1: Yes. Yeah, so just human nature, we appreciate predictability. We appreciate understanding and knowing what comes next. Our brain is set on these automatic responses to, to just do things as we know it. So as soon as something kind of enters our space and shifts that, there's a discomfort and a chaos. And chaos has varying extremes. It can be mild chaos where it's like, oh my gosh, right, I'm supposed to go do this today. Let me pencil it in. Or it can be completely crazy, out-of-the-box chaos where you got to shift your whole mindset and your patterns of behavior and probably go through some forms of depression and grief to finally get to the point where you need to be. Mm. So it's really about learning to adapt to the changes that are inevitable in all of our lives. There are, are, are micro transitions and there are macro transitions. Every single day, there's some type of transition because I know there are moments for me like I'm here working at home during this whole COVID remote online thing, and I think my day is supposed to go a certain way. And then a kid pops up and does something. That's a micro transition. I'm like, you just changed what I'm supposed to be doing, but you adjust, right? Wild chaos. And then there are others where in the beginning of COVID, It was a huge transition for me to be in my house every day working because I go to an office. And so I went through a macro transition and adjusting for weeks. I was literally depressed. There were Fridays where my body shut down. I would literally Mm. go on these aimless walks Mm -hmm. and my mind was just feeding me stuff like you're this, you're that, what's wrong with you? This, it was, it was just ridiculous. And I went through that for a period of weeks, you know, so There's chaos in transition and it depends, it's degrees to it. But what the beauty is, is after the transition, you learn tools and you get better at transitioning, you know, Mm -hmm. over time. And so that's the beauty of it all.
0: I love the concept and this idea of different levels of chaos. Yes. that That really sticks out to me because... Some days I feel like, oh my gosh, my life is such a hot mess. But <laughs> yes. it, but then then I go into the whole comparison. Okay, well I'm not homeless. We've got income coming in. You know yes. things are good. Yes. It's a hot mess, but it's yes. a completely different level of chaos than you know what might be happening outside my front door. <laughs>
1: correct, correct. And but you know, and your even that chaos is totally legitimate. You know because yes. I sometimes I do that too. I'm like, well, I'm not homeless. I have a roof, I'm eating, but actuality that that's great too. But in the moment, your chaos is real, right? It's legitimate. I it's love legitimate. that. legitimate. I love that. And, and you got to accept like, okay, yeah, I'm not those things. But right now in this moment, I'm feeling like this, Yes. you know, and I want to be in that moment, you know, yes. so it doesn't mean you're ungrateful. It just means you're being in a moment of transition and you got to embrace that. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think there's, there's a lot of, I, I I embrace the law of attraction, but I also think it's very, it could be very dangerous. Mm -hmm. So when, when you talk about, you know, the gratitude and, and kind of embracing the, the moment of chaos, I think there's, there's this huge misconception that if you're, if you're ungrateful, Mm -hmm. there's something, there's something wrong, you know, kind of thing. So just, I think you can be grateful and be in the chaos At the same moment, at the same time.
1: Exactly. I absolutely (laughs) agree. 100%.
0: Yeah. You know, there, there's a lot of transition that's happening. You know, you talk about having to go from being in an office every day to, you know, now your dual roles at the exact same time of being mom, being wife. How have you navigated that?
1: Oh my gosh. One (laughs) second at a time.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know. Don't, I know it.
1: I know because in the very beginning, you know, I put on kind of my, my thinking tools and my operations tools. I work in operations by day. And so I'm always about process. So initially I'm like, okay, what's my process? What is it supposed to look like? What's the routine? And you know, that's all fine and great until like your brain is like, no girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> you are not feeling good today. Mm-hmm. Get the process, step yeah. away, forget the routine, yeah. step away you know, and that's hard for me because I'm a control freak. Mm. And so having to step out of that box of that control, I think is what sent me crashing because it's just adjusting to that newness. And so I literally, I mean, I know I said one second at a time, but it's literally one day at a time. Like my Mm. husband and I in the morning, how are we doing today? Today's a good day. Yeah, How are we doing today? Yeah, not so good. You know, <laughs> literally one day at a time. And I even communicate to my kids when the day is like off. And just to note that I might bark at you. Yeah. So be prepared. Yeah, And that's how I've been able to do it. Really just through open, honest communication in the household for me and even for my kids and for my husband, because they're all going through it as well. So that I, has been the saving grace.
0: I think we tend to forget that. We're we're all going through through
1: this. You know, yeah. I've I've got rough days
0: too. And it's so funny. My daughter who's 12, she'll come out and if I'm still sitting on the couch at 8 30 in the morning, she'll come out and she, is everything okay? <laughs> because she yeah. knows I'm an early riser. I get up and I get going. You know, I've yes. got coffee brewing, I got dogs to walk, I got yes. I got shit to do. <laughs> so exactly. she knows, you know, she's learned if mom's still sitting on the couch at nine o'clock in the morning, either something's wrong or we're having a pajama day. Yeah. <laughs> And so she's even learned we, you know, we have to communicate. And I'll tell her I'll be like, you know, you know what? I'm just not doing it today. I'm I'm gonna mm-hmm. watch. I'm gonna watch my shows. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Exactly,
0: exactly. I think, I think that's so important. So I love that you and your husband check in with each other. It's like, yes. okay, it's a good day. Not so exactly. good.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: I think because you've you've been married for a while, 21 years. 20.
1: Oh my gosh. How old is my oldest kid? Yep. 21 <laughs>
0: okay. Twenty-one years. 21 I do years. Math. Yeah. What, I don't want to say what's the secret, but I yeah. think communication is key. How have you guys managed to go through the, the troubles and the ebbs and flow of, of being married for such a long period of time?
1: Yeah. <sighs> It's a good question because there's always a status quo answer of, you know, we just talked to each other. We prayed about it. But in uh, all actuality, (laughs) we made space for our individuality. And yeah, because because my husband is a big personality. Mm -hmm. I'm a big personality when we got together, we kind of collided. I mean, it was a beautiful collision, but (laughs) we collided like, yeah, I'm this. And he's like, I'm this. Right. And so what we learned through the years, like we had a blast. We loved each other. We were great friends, like hanging out together. But what we did through the years was, you know, as there was a transitioning, a major transitioning happening in one person's life, it was uncomfortable. Like Mm -hmm. there would be an argument or, you know, we would not talk or there would be some type of angst going on around us a negative energy. And then because we were friends, we were cordial enough to like, you know, still engage in interaction. And then that came, gave room for us to then talk about what was happening through that transition. And through the years we learned, okay, I need to make space for this person. This is what's happening. And so now instead of arguing or colliding or having negative energy, it's just like, okay, like my husband knows, okay, she's shutting down. Something's going on. Mm-hmm. I'll ask what's wrong, but if she's giving me something else, I'm just going to let her do what she does yeah. and she'll come talk to me about it. And that's yeah. usually how I do it. So really it's about, it was about giving space for us needing to be our own selves, not so much uh, a couple, like, cause we are a couple, but we're very much individual people. Yeah. so we make room for that.
0: You haven't merged into becoming the Brangelina, or you <laughs> no, know.
1: And no. I think I
0: think that's so important. I think yes. I think that really is an important factor of long-term relationships. Is you have to remember that your friends first, and yes. would would you treat you know your friend Mary this? would you exactly. say what to her, what you just said to your husband? Exactly. Probably not, you know? Exactly. So I I think that's super important. The yeah. whole maintaining communication and, and individuality. God, yep. I, it, couples need to learn that,
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> and it's work, but you it know, it's like what you said, the friendship is kind of the foundation of that because yeah. that has saved us. I'm telling you, because there were times in my head, my mind is saying, girl, you need to Get, get it going get out let's move it you <laughs> know my nerves he doesn't understand me but then you know the friendship it's like you said would I treat my good girlfriend like this and then the friendship mm-hmm. comes in and you remember yeah. that yeah that's a good reminder mm-hmm.
0: you shared a story in one of your episodes where the two of you you and your husband had I think you had both graduated mm-hmm. um and you guys weren't going to throw a party yes And, and you said something on that episode that was about not celebrating yourselves and, and you guys thought you were okay with that until your friends kind of forced you in. And you said something that I, I had to stop. I stopped the recording or the episode and I had to write it down because it was, it was this myth that you have to keep your celebrations to yourself. You're supposed Mm -hmm. to conquer the world. Yes. That, oh my God, that gave me Uh. goosebumps when you said that.
1: Yeah it's this feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: this pressure that we, that this is what you're supposed to be doing. So just, just do it. Yeah. And that was huge. What was that realization like for you?
1: Yeah, I, it was, it was something in retrospect, right? Because this has been the nature of our relationship. My husband and I, we do these things and we just you know, celebrate in our own way and keep it quiet. But we're like, we'll just keep it to ourselves. And in that moment, our friends knew we were going through this academic process. Mm -hmm. And they were like, we have to do this. And you know, we're like, okay, it was weird, because we don't want to be on a pedestal. We don't want the light on us. It's like uncomfortable. And when we went out, and we sat and we laughed and we talked and we ate and just reflected in our space with people who love and appreciate us, for me, that was an epiphany, right? That it's robbery for me not to share my joy because Mm. then the people that love me and care about me can't experience it with me. I don't know who I'm encouraging. I don't know who I'm uplifting. I don't know whose life I could change or who could change my life by sharing in my joy, right? So I had to like shift the thought of, I'm not necessarily sharing like I'm bragging, like, ooh, I did this. Yeah. But I'm sharing my joy, the joy of my experience from whence I've come. And that's how the stories are written, that's history everyone shares the stories from Wednesday come and I realize that's there's joy in that moment Mm. and I've got to be okay with talking about it and saying those things and so I'm doing I still have moments (laughs) (laughs) but I'm doing a little bit better that's that's you know it's huge I think
0: because you you've admitted your type a your husband's type a Mm -hmm. type ap we we put this pressure on ourselves that We just have to do good because that's what we want to do and just do it. And I I think it's a self expectation more than anything. Exactly. Honestly, don't believe there's somebody out there that's saying, Hanifa, we just expect you to do amazing all the time. You have to conquer the world and do it quietly. I don't think there is a single person out there that has ever said that to you. And yet here you are telling yourself that's how it has to be. Yep. And yet it's so beautiful. I even wrote it down while you were talking. It's robbery <laughs> to not share my joy yep. with others. Yep. Because there are other people out there who don't have the same personality as us who enjoy seeing you reach your milestones. Yeah. And you are actually stealing their joy by not sharing your joy. Exactly.
1: Exactly.
0: What so. an aw fucking ha moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm getting so many emotional other need to hear this. Good, get emotional, girl. I love it. Oh my gosh, these are there is some ear nuggets in this episode. <laughs> <I'm so glad. laughs> this is so awesome. You and it's so funny because I I don't know you personally. I have we have never hung out. Although I think we we would probably have an amazing cup of coffee together. Yes, um, we would. So when I, when I first started researching who you were, I was looking at your website and I was like, man, this girl, she, she's a freaking lawyer. She's a business owner. She's a, she's graduated. She's so freaking smart. And, and yet you, even in your website, you Mm -hmm. even said mentally, you struggled professionally, your career blossomed. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm listening to you talk about how you struggled with, with showing up and letting people see who you were. Mm-hmm. I And here I'm thinking this girl's got it all. She's yeah. got a successful family, you yeah. know, her relationship 21 years being married to the same person mm-hmm. is huge. That's, and, and yet you still have this internal struggle. Yeah. And I think that's so important for all the women listening who have been quieting their inner voice and being afraid of speaking out. Yeah. You know, this comparison itis that we do with other women Mm -hmm. is holding us back. Yes. Because we constant, we see the outside stuff and we think, Oh my gosh, she's got her shit together. I'm never going to be that
1: good. Mm -hmm.
0: So Mm -hmm. why bother? Yep. You know, and we have got to remember if there is something inside of us that we keep feeling that has to be said. Yeah. We've got to start saying
1: it. Got to start saying it. You're right.
0: And right now there is no better time to start speaking up for what we are feeling, what we believe in, what we think. I'm losing friends left and right over black Mm. lives movement because I'm a supporter,
1: Um, you know,
0: and, and here being a white woman in middle America surrounded by the majority of my friends and family, we're, we're white folks. Yeah. And it's amazing to me how many people do not agree with my opinion Mm. and I'm wrong for that and Mm. for years I stayed quiet about it Mm. and only my close friends knew yeah and so now here's this opportunity for like I'm I'm ready to start sticking up for some friends who needed a little extra love right now yeah and that that's (laughs) what's happening yeah you know it's I I even had somebody very close to me said well where's the where's the white pride section in Netflix right now and I go how dare you
1: yeah. how dare you
0: it's not your turn anymore yeah. you yeah. you go to every other channel and I love it my yeah. daughter even said she goes it's every single other category on Netflix right now <laughs> is the is the is the white stories and I look at my daughter and I go
1: you got to love, love the you. kids you love the kids oh my gosh i love how, it
0: how how has that Being a mom and a woman Mm -hmm. of color right now, owning Mm -hmm. a business, Mm -hmm. how is this affecting you?
1: Yeah, well, I will say today is a good day. (laughs) I'll start with that. Um, But just to a quick backtrack and listening to your story and your experience about, you know, quieting your voice around this, Mm -hmm. I will say as a black woman, I did the same thing. Yeah um we live in a majority white town um uh, my kids attend attended all white high school my older two are now in college and the two young ones do now and i thought i was doing enough for the black experience by raising my black family and giving them more and giving them what they needed and my husband and i going to work and get, i thought that was enough um i thought you know everything if I do what I had to do I'm good until you start to experience or you know certain um either microaggressions or incidents or my kids start to experience it especially yeah then there's a light switch that starts to slowly get triggered and so that light switch started getting triggered back during when Trayvon Martin was killed. Mm -hmm. Cause before that point I was more quiet about it. When Trayvon Martin happened, I thought, wait a minute. Whoa. My son is about that tall. He wears hoodies. We're in a white neighborhood. He goes into, so I was like, wait a minute. I thought I was doing enough. So now fast forward to today, all these little triggers had happened since that point. Then when George Floyd is killed, it's like a bombshell for me because I want to believe that things are going to get better, especially for those who are doing what they're supposed to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you realize that is not always the case. And as a result, my house, we, there was a lot of emotional turmoil Mm -hmm. with us trying to, all of us trying to really clarify our feelings Um, from my husband on down to my youngest kid my youngest kid being concerned that the police are going to come knock our door down and take us away as a mother. When my, my 15 year old says, I'm just going to go ride my rib stick in the neighborhood. And I'm paranoid, like saying, take your phone. I'm holding my breath till he comes in the door. Yep. Yep. You know, it's just all of that was happening in my head all at once after George Floyd, like, Oh my gosh, there's a mark on Mm -hmm. all of our backs. It Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter how hard you work. And I was handling all of that plus working at home, a job where I'm the only black woman on the executive team. And in that moment, like you said, you had to start speaking. In that moment, I did something very contrary to my personality. I spoke up during a call to say, look, we are not okay. We are showing up, but we are not okay. And just in those few words, there was silence on the call. No one really responded, but after people reach out, right? Yeah. And so to your question about how do we deal with it, how we dealt with it and are dealing with it, it's really just doing what we can by educating our children, clarifying our voice, because for me, that's part of my process. I had to clarify my voice and my position yeah. in this whole thing. Yeah. You know, my husband, the same. And so that has been important for me. And in clarifying my voice, it's talking to you, it's sharing things on my podcast, or it's being very intentional in my social media posts or my blog posts, it's talking to my kids, talking to my colleagues. So it's been a process and it's a movement forward. And so that is how we've been dealing with it. And today is a lot better than it was months ago.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, but yeah, so that's the process.
0: I think it's really made all of us, whether, whether you're a white person, a person of color, I think it's really forced us all to examine of where do we stand on this Mm -hmm. and how is it that we want to use our voice to help educate people? Yep. And that has been huge. especially for me, because I Mm -hmm. had to make a decision. Okay, what is my stance on this? And it's so crazy because I think my timing of my moment of clarity of I'm pissed as a middle-aged white woman who grew up uh, lower middle class,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I was surrounded by people of color, every race imaginable. And it, it was never even a second thought for me. Mm -hmm. But as I got older, I realized that I am now surrounded by other white people who are now middle class, you know, and my, my moment of clarity was Trayvon Martin as well. Mm. That's, I, I was so angry yeah. and it finally, I think it kind of woke something up in me yeah. that was like, okay, you know what? I can't leave it up to them anymore. It is not up to my friends of color to educate the white people. Mm. We have to figure out for ourselves Mm. how we can step in and what Mm -hmm. we Mm -hmm. need to know. Mm -hmm. And that was huge for me. Mm -hmm. And that's when I think I had my moment of, okay, there's going to be people around me who don't agree with what I'm going to say, but it's my responsibility to say something.
1: I, I, I just love that you said that because it amplifies something that I carry with me all the time. And it's, I don't have a responsibility to educate anybody, right? Yeah. You're taking it on yourself to educate yourself. And that's what's key here. It doesn't mean that, you know, folks, black people, shouldn't educate non black people. That's fine. But, you know, I don't wanna be the lone black educator in the group, right? Like, if I'm with a group of my white friends or with my colleagues, I don't wanna be the one that everyone looks to to say, hey, so how am I supposed to do this? So right. I appreciate the fact that you say you have to educate yourself to figure out how to clarify your voice, right? That's what helps here. It's huge. Yeah. You know, so thank you for that.
0: Oh girl, I am, <laughs> I am, I am, I, I am so, I have to take responsibility for it myself. Yeah. I, I, that's just, it's just, it, it's up to me mm-hmm. to figure mm-hmm. out what I need to know. Yeah. So thank you for allowing me to have that conversation with you. I I mean, I just think, I just think it's extremely important that we, that we just understand each other and where you're coming from helps me. So I, I know. Right. It's all about, I just, I just, I just need to know and I need to educate myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I need to make sure that you're comfortable when Mm -hmm. you're having a conversation with me as well. Because I don't Mm -hmm. want to be that friend of, well, you need to tell me what I need to do and what I need to know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you know, it's like even with my friends though, like we don't we don't mind having those conversations. Right. You know, like I remember when George Floyd was just recently happened, our our son's one of his best friend is Jewish. And so we hang out with the parents, we're good friends. We went over there. George Floyd was still fresh. Mm-hmm. And we talked, my husband and I, and I broke down crying to say, cause the, the emotion, the gravity of the emotion and what I was carrying, I just had to release it. Yeah. And I was okay with that. It, you know, it, it's not that I don't want to talk about it. It's just that I don't want to be the target to teach. I don't mind teaching, you know, yeah. I don't mind having those conversations and for sitting and having just ca- candid discussion. We can talk. Yeah, but to be like, hey, so can you tell me about how I'm supposed to understand white fragility? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Google it. Here's a book. (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) exactly. So, yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. God, this is such a good conversation. I feel like I could go on for another yeah, hour with you. I know. However. <laughs> I know. However. So we, I'm just going to tell you this. You're going to have to come back for the next yes. season and we will continue the conversation. Yes. yes I, <laughs> I like love that. it. You have given so many amazing ear nuggets, as I mm. like to call them. I yes. have notes all over the place of amazing things you said. I'm
1: glad. But
0: I want to be respectful of your time and of our listeners' yes. time and jump into some rapid fire questions let's do it all right you ready mm-hmm. okay question number one who is someone either in your life or a celebrity that you admire oh. <laughs> I always okay. start with the hardest one don't worry they get I easier know. from here <laughs>
1: Oh my god. I would say my mother mm. um, my mother is a Liberian woman and she didn't have you know I think the life as she would have expected it to be, but she was able to make it something that was hers. And she's very strong, but also at the same time, she knows how to step back and say, no, I'm tired, I'm not doing it. And so I really admire her tenacity, her, her intelligence, and her wit. And she also is pretty Spitfire. If you mess with her, she is going to chop you down. <laughs> so, so, my mother.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. What's one thing that really pisses you off?
1: Ooh, one thing. Um, oh, gosh, these are good questions. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay, if someone does my child wrong in any way, shape, or form. Oh, yes. I I mean, because I'm pretty level-headed. Like, I can be angry, but like PC angry and talk through it. But if you mess with my kids, oh, all of me is coming out. The part you never knew existed.
0: You're about to meet Mama Bear. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. What's your favorite swear word?
1: (laughs) That's so, that's a good one. That's a really good question. Oh, goodness. Ooh. Uh, oh, goodness. I'd have to say it. I don't even want to say it. <laughs> the F word. Yes. <laughs> I'm not saying it because I, it, it, it's a mood and it yes. just fits and it's in a moment and it just fits and I just say it. Yes. You know, it I just gets it. out everything I need to express. Heck yes. (laughs) And it
0: fits for almost every mood. You can, you can squeeze that word in anywhere you want and it fits. I love it. If you could share one piece of advice with the women listening, what would that piece of advice be?
1: Um, I would say, um, take moments for yourself. And in those moments, they should include laughter. They should include crying. They should include jumping up and down. They should include smiling. And they should include quiet. Take those moments because those are the variations of the woman's experience that we go through these cycles that include all of those moments. Make sure you take them because, you know, life is just too short. Amen. Mm -hmm.
0: yes oh my goodness complete this sentence for me being slightly unfiltered means to me
1: yeah so I would say I know I wrote something I just want to make sure I'm being thoughtful about it um yeah being slightly unfiltered for me meaning standing in my unapologetically authentic truth in each moment.
0: Oh, that's, that's
1: important for me.
0: That's so good. You gave me goosebumps. Oh
1: my gosh, lady. I could talk to you all day. (laughs) No, you'll be back on mine. I'll be back on yours. We'll do it.
0: Sounds good to me. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about you and disrupting balance?
1: Yeah. So on my blog at www.disruptingbalance.com and on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest at disrupting balance.
0: I love it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'll make sure to include the link to learn more about Hanifa in the show notes. And until next time. Oh, I just love you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Slightly Unfiltered. You can find me and all things Slightly Unfiltered at slightlyunfiltered.com or on Instagram. Be sure to go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Until next time, you badass bitches.